Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode here on Six and Bones with your ghost host, Chelsea and Ten. Hi, Ten. How are you? We are getting closer to the end of October, and I'm scared. I am scared that it's slipping through my fingers once again, but I woke up today, and I am truly crone. You are giving crone today. (laughs) Like... (laughs) I love it. I want this is everything I want to be. Although I put on new press on nails, but I feel like crone, but like I want to show off my nails. Like it's a weird, weird thing I'm feeling today, but I'm here for it. Um, but yeah, everything's golden. And how are you? I'm really good. I too have been embracing like this older energy which there's nothing wrong with like you could be a crone at any age you know what i mean like I, people get crone and they're like you know archetypes sometimes are prejudice against women etc cetera, etc cetera. but we can actually flip that narrative on our head and embrace it so um yeah i really like i like this i this concept that we've created of crone girl fall of just um not giving a shit and just focusing on our studies knowing who we are doing the things we want to do and not giving a shit, setting boundaries and honestly cursing people if they piss us off and eating casseroles because that's what we do here. <laughs> honestly, I mean, it's it's so interesting that like crones, people like just always assume it's like this haggard old woman who's, you know, face tells, you know, the story of her life and everything. And you know, I don't want to brag, but I think Chelsea and I are aging like fine wine over here. I look at my skin on the cusp of being 30 and yes. my college skin did not look like this. I, no, I she was dehydrated. I w- I had a revelation this morning when I was moisturizing. And I was just like, the aud- audacity that my college age self had of going to the bar until 2 a.m., coming home and not taking off makeup, not even lotion, not even hopping in the shower. Like, girl, girly pop, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. I also, too, lived the same life. And Uh, My family, this is something that we believe and I believe it too. When you are a person that is moving in peace and healing and just minding your own business, it totally reflects on the outside versus people that are bitter and miserable and talk so much shit about other people like that. You have to understand that energy is going to corrode you from the inside outwards. And I see some people that are just like super mean. Like I've seen people from high school that are just like, I know they're super mean. You could tell because they look like they're corroding from the outside. And I would never, ever take a shot at somebody's look. I would never, but you can tell like when people are aging, like fine wine, it's because they are minding their own business <laughs> and just focusing on themselves. Absolutely. I mean, look at Paul Rudd, like Paul Rudd has not aged. Unproblematic. Uh, we stand. <laughs> We stand Ant-Man himself. It's like the fountain of youth almost. It's like how I feel about Stevie Nicks and like, Mm -hmm. you know, Lana Del Rey, um, unproblematic, Mm -hmm. not hating anybody publicly and just doing their own things. You know, that's, that's, that is crone energy to me. It's just like, mm, if you mess with me, I'm going to handle it. But also I'm just sitting over here making my casserole, reading my books, reading my my book of spells. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the energy I'm feeling today. And um, oh, before we start, because we this is a very crone topic of like we're gonna be talking about some like very obscure forms of divination that we've tried. Yeah. I know a lot of you loved that first episode. Mm-hmm. You were like, "Give me more of your crazy stories." Um, don't worry, so we, we have plenty. We've, we've got, got all of them. Quick note: um, we get a lot of messages of the metaphysical store. Um, 
you know, especially with items that we don't make being sold out. Just a quick note about the store. Ten and I's store is a boutique and we source things specifically based on a collection. So we're, we won't always have the same things in the store, except for like the stuff that we make, the sticks and bones collections, like the siren, the gatekeeper, et cetera. You have to get it when you see it. Cause I feel so bad every single time. Like a lot of people were looking for that evil eye bracelet, the gold one. I think you're wearing it. Yes. Yes, I am. And uh, I went to go reorder it and I hate to say it, but like our seller doesn't carry it anymore. And like we bought it in the summer. So it's like not trying to push people to buy things, but if you see something, we carry limited stock and it's like, once it's gone, there is really a slim shot of us going to get it back because it's part of a collection, you know? Yeah. We, we really try and like, we try and keep everything like in-house, but when we can't, we can't. And if you see it, get it or put it in your cart, man. I know. I felt so bad. Like even with some of the Halloween stuff, people are like, oh my God, do you not have this anymore? And I'm like, no, it's like, it's not, you know, if it's stuff that we don't make, it's, it's, you know, limited and it goes pretty fast. Um, 10 is wearing, um, something that hopefully it did drop or will be dropping, um, soon the ghost beanie. And then we also have the haunted hollow spoon. And there is a mug that's coming with this. Um, it's actually from lively ghosts mm-hmm. and that's going to be dropping once again, limited stock of that. And it's like something yeah. that we've been using secretly, <laughs> secretly. <laughs> but just, just a quick note, like that's just how our store runs. We don't keep everything in stock all of the time. Um, because our collections shift with the season and like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So once it's up there, it's kind of gone with the wind. <laughs> And before we dive into the obscure divination types and their potential problems that they propose, um, we're getting into like the last little bit of October right now, which, you know, horror movies are amping up. And I saw a meme and I sent it to Chelsea and it was a haunted house, but it's just printouts of the shit you used to post on Facebook in 2010. Girl, no. (laughs) I had a revelation this morning where I was like, you know what? I would go toe to toe with Michael Myers Pennywise the clown in a gutter if that meant nobody had to go look at my Facebook from 2010. No, no. I think we talked about this in the metaphysical store. I remember this one guy I was dating in college. Um, He didn't go to my school. He was in my hometown. And like, I was like obsessed with him. Don't ask me why. He was like, uh, you know, he was a small king and there's nothing wrong with that, but he, his energy was even small king energy. You know, where was um, your siren roller? Where was your pink candles? Girl, I wasn't practicing in college. So like, I don't know, like this is before I even done that love spell went wrong, but this is where it all started. And I remember <laughs> he wouldn't come visit me because he was complaining of like gas money, which, okay. Another red flag. And then I remember posting <laughs> on social media, like Taylor Swift lyrics about like, how he never calls and everything. And it's like, so embarrassing. You're embarrassing. Just shut up. (laughs) What are you doing? Not a crone girl energy. It was, I don't don't even know. Sad pick me girl energy. Like, oh, I was, I definitely was like, well, also the age of like being in my young twenties or not even probably 20 at the time. Yeah. I was definitely sad girl. Pick me energy. Like, hoping that someone would come sweep me off my feet while I was in college. And this man wouldn't even like drive to come see me. And, you know, you just kind of know your worth after that. But yeah, Taylor Swift lyrics everywhere. It was when Speak Now came out. So it was like Dear John, that all of, mm. all of that music. And, you know, I was in my uh, sad girl era. Oh, yeah. I was posting like emo lyrics and everything. And yeah. I look at myself and I'm like, what were we doing? <laughs> 
Um, we Why were, were we <laughs> millennials were like the pinnacle of social media. And now I think like the new generation would probably look at us and be like, you're so cringy. And we too agree with you, but we were the pinnacle of social media with Facebook. It started with MySpace and oh, please. We're talking about aim starting before that aim, you know, with your away message. I didn't have that. I wasn't allowed to have that or MySpace. I Dude. only got Facebook. Do you know what's crazy about AIM? Thank God your parents let you have it. Cause I used to go into chat rooms and there'd be like predators in chat oh, yeah. rooms. Oh, they'd yeah. be like ASL, which is age, sex, and location. Oh, I thought you meant like American Sign Language. No, ASL, age, sex, location. And I remember being like 11, being like, hello, my name is Chelsea. <laughs> I like Neopets. <laughs> Does anybody want to chat? Here's where my house is. <laughs> No, I never did that. Like, I always knew it was kind of bad, but like, damn, damn, damn. Like that was a, the wild, wild west of the internet. That and chat roulette when like that was like, oh big. God, no, that was who that was. What were we doing? Why was this allowed? I don't know. And like, it's crazy. And I often think about this a lot with like how we grew up and like the late 90s, early 2000s, like that was really when like social media was like in its infancy. The internet was in its infancy. Let's be honest. Yeah. Nobody really had cell phones. If you did, it was like the size of a brick. Yeah. And it was always like with my mom, I don't know about you, but it was always like, don't talk to anybody online. Do not get in anybody's car. Like do not go meet strangers from the internet. I met my husband on the internet. Like he, <laughs> we had that, we were sitting on the couch. I mean, going, yeah. You are literally just a stranger I met on the internet one day and now we we're married. Like it's, what? <laughs> it's weird. Like even the way, I mean, we're on the internet right now talking to like thousands of people, you know, on a podcast. It's just like a weird thing. But you know, like my mom always says to me, like, you don't like, I can't believe like, you're not afraid to be on social media and like overshare. And I'm like, I've been doing this since MySpace. Like, that's why I'm not, you know, it's not really that cringy for us to be on the internet because we grew up with it. So I don't know, just some crone girl thoughts. I've actually like shied away more from the internet now. I'm, I'm tired of it. I, yeah, I like being able to post like a little snippet of whatever I'm talking about, nerding out about or anything, and then just exiting the app and FaceTiming Chelsea about God knows what something crazy happening, or just like sitting on my couch, reading a book with Kevin, like yeah, I, I I don't like to partake in internet cultures or communities. Like I literally just post and go. I'm like, anyway, here's this fun thing about being a medium. Bye. And then I'm like, anything that I want to share, I'm going to share it with my podcast friends, my podcast besties, the six Simones people with mm -hmm. 10. I don't really, um, this is my internet. <laughs> this is my corner of the internet. This is our corner that we've carved out on Beyonce's internet. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone that wants to be crazy, get out of here. We don't want you here. Get out. We're only, we're only here to talk about the fun things. But anyway, should we talk about some fun things? Yeah. So talk about <laughs> some fun things. Some fun things. Um. Oh, I forgot to show you guys my mug. I have my mug today. It says, oh, look, another glorious morning. Makes me sick. <laughs> Chelsea got me a matching pair of that one last year. I did. I was in spirit Halloween and I was like, I got to pick one up for my bestie, my crone bestie, because we <laughs> both wake up like this. Oh, look, another glorious morning. <laughs> Makes me sick. Okay. 
Well, anyway, we're doing divination part two today, and um, we want to talk about, you know, some divination that we've tried, hopefully to inspire you that tarot and oracle cards aren't the only way to see the future, to get information from the spiritual plane. And like, they're relatively new. Um, Mm -hmm. If you need a reminder, go back to divination part one, which I think we did like a very long time ago. (laughs) I want to say it's in the forties and I did write it down somewhere. Oh, episode 43. It's right here in my notes. Bam. Look at that. Um, But today we're going to be talking about some things that are a little bit more obscure, but also some really old traditions of divination. And we're starting off with tea leaf readings. We're going to come straight out the gate. Um, Tea leaf readings is one of the oldest forms of divination. It's very heavy in my folk practice. Um, But, you know, we've been trying tea leaf lately. How do you feel about it? So I am kind of split on tea leaf reading and you've been seeing me house my tea from my teacup um chelsea and i are gonna be doing a little reading later on this episode but i really enjoy it but there's like multiple different types of tea reading so it's like you could have like beautiful categories laid out for you if you're just getting started which kind of like helps you you know navigate if you will and then i also really enjoy not only the category ones, which we're going to go into later, but when you are doing like straight, just tea leaves and you flip it over and you look at the imagery and that might be just because like, I'm an image iconography girl. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I really enjoy that too. Cause it's almost like a Rorschach test. And you're like, what do you first see? Like, let's, let's interpret. I agree with you. Um, I think like one of the things I love about tea leaf reading is like you, you can do this. This is how my ancestors used to do it. Say like you invite someone over to your home, right. And you're making tea and Mm -hmm. you can specifically put intention into the tea you're serving that person. You can ask a question right behind their back. This is what people do with tea leaf readings and be like, I want to know if he's cheating on me. You pour, you serve your partner, your cheating ass partner, this tea, he drinks it. He leaves your house and you clean up the cup and you take it, you flip it over and you read what the tea leaves say. You say, what do we have here? A cheater. Cheater. (laughs) Great. Now we're going to poison it next. (laughs) Do I hear aqua tofana? Yes. Aqua tofana. Step right up. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just all jokes. But I think that's what I like about it the most. I've never actually used it that way, but I know specifically like my family that practices Italian folk, that's what they would do. They would give someone tea and it's like, you know, that's why they say you can't eat at everybody's house, man. You just don't know. Oh no, you do not know. I feel like you do not know. I feel like if somebody came over and I had like, I wanted to do divination or something, I feel like I would do it and then I would forget and I'd end up putting it in the dishwasher. Like I would have all of the intention and forget. You would forget if you were trying to see, like, say like, you know, hypothetically, you were trying to see if Kevin's cheating on you. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we probably would just know because like someone's grandma would come down and be like, he's doing some shady shit, but (laughs) I don't think you would forget if you were like trying to see if your partner was doing something, you'd be like, that's true. I'd be like trying to kick them out. I'd be like, okay, bye. Bye. See you later. I need, I need to clean up. I'll let you go. I'm, I'm behind on a bunch of stuff. Wouldn't you look at the time? Oh my God. I'm swamped. Give me that cup. Don't take it with you and don't put it in the sink. (laughs) I'm going to launch across the table. Give me your cup. (laughs) So I think that's, what's cool about tea leaf reading. Um, we're going to try it at the end, but yeah, it's, it can either have symbols like in our cups here that we have, by the way, we sell these in the store. 
um, have symbols in it. This is like specifically for tea leaf reading, or you could do it very obscure where you just try to read the images that you get out of it. Yeah, that's pretty cool too. I have to say I'm not really into it as much as I thought it would be. I, I don't know. It's just not my cup of tea. It's <laughs> yes. It's just not my cup of tea. It's, it's not. So I'm going to go X nay on tea leaf reading, but I think, huh? I don't think I'm good at it and that's fine. And we said here, like, you're not going to be good at every form of divination. Like I've definitely gotten messages from it. It's just not like, it's just not the way that I like to do divination. Interesting. I also find that for me, tea leaf reading tends to be seasonal. That's fair. Of like, it's the colder months. It's the crone months. It's like the back end of the year in wintertime. Because I mean, let's be honest, I'm a sweaty Betty. I ain't going to want to be drinking a hot drink in the middle of July here. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends. Like my, um, my Irish grandmother, she would drink tea, scolding hot tea, scolding <laughs> hot coffee, no matter the season, like no matter scolding hot. I don't know what it is about. My grandma scolding does that hot. too. Lava hot. Lava, lava, like would literally take your tongue out. <laughs> and they sip it like, mm. yeah. And and when you're in Ireland, so it could be a cultural thing too. Like when I went to Ireland, obviously that's all they drink is tea. And like when I went to go visit my family for the first time there, um, they actually bought coffee for us because they don't drink coffee and they just drink scolding hot tea. It was hot in Ireland. And I was like, so no iced coffee. Okay. <laughs> no. No well, dunking around the corner. Okay, fine. When my dad um, lived in Japan for a little bit um, in his 30s when he was, you know, working for a different company, they he was in there, I believe, for the summer and they drink scalding hot tea, he would say. And he's like, it's like 90 degrees out in July. I don't want hot tea. And <laughs> their belief is if you drink something hot, it'll cool yourself down. That's an interesting perspective. And I almost <laughs> feel like it makes sense. I can see that. Right. So I think it's a cultural thing as well. Like some people tend to just drink tea more based on like geographic location, et cetera. But mm -hmm. okay, let's move to the next one. So the next one I've actually tried crystal balls and uh, 10. I don't know if you've tried a crystal ball, but you said you actually have an obsidian mirror. I do have an obsidian mirror. I've always wanted to do a crystal ball, but I'll let you take that one first. Okay. So I'll tell you a little anecdotal story about this crystal ball so obviously i worship hikate and hikate is very big on like different forms of divination and like mm -hmm. especially with me because i commune with the dead a lot so um we were just trying to find different things that like i like you know because i i'm very good at tarot and oracle like that's my jam but yep. you know who's to say you can't try other things you might find you're good at something else so i bought this like crystal ball it's this big black obsidian crystal ball i got the most insane visions because you basically have to like go into a trance almost and you're yeah. looking you're basically using it as like a focal point almost and using it to like receive a vision and I find that for me the vision was so clear but it was like I couldn't tell when it was going to happen like past present or future you know what I mean like it yes. was very like I'm sorry I couldn't tell if it was going to happen like immediately or if it was very far out. Like it was yeah. just like this vision that you receive and you're like, is this even going to happen? Because obviously your path can change depending on like the decisions that you make. Yes. Um, and it took me a really long time to like get into a trance like state and like, you know, my ass was disassociating at the time. I was like, what am I doing? Oh yeah. I got to focus. Okay. What am I doing? Oh yeah. Right. Hey, Kate wants me to try this. <laughs> I was getting so mad. And then once I locked in on it, I couldn't break it. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Like it's a lot to get 
to that anchor or that lock, whatever you want to call it. And then it's hard to like end the call. Unlock yourself from it. You know what I mean? I had to ask Kekate for her help. Like I had like lit her candles and I was like, I really hope she helps me with this because this is, this is a big misconception. People think like receiving visions or like looking into things is some grandioso thing. It's like, you can sometimes see things that are crazy and traumatic and you don't want to see it. Or you can see like, depending on who wants to show you something, what if you see your best friend, like stabbing you in the back in the future, then what? Yeah. Then what do you do? And you're just stuck with this information and it's the present. And you're like, what, what am I supposed to do about this? You're like TikTok. When is, when's she going to knife me in the back? You know, that kind of deal. Yeah. Like, so mine, I saw somebody getting ready to hex me and I was like, you oh, too, Brute? <laughs> Hello? Judas? Get Judas on the line. <laughs> yeah. Alexa, play Lady Gaga's Judas. And do you know like how, and, and let's just put the cards on the table here, right? Ten and I are witches out there on the internet in the spiritual world. So we get it. People are throwing pack and peanuts, throwing shit at us all the time. Happens a lot. So with the aim of a stormtrooper, you know? Yeah. And it's fine. Like, you know, if this is the business we're in, whatever. But Maybe. I did see someone that I was close to, like, actually gearing up to do that. And I was like, um, what am I supposed to do with this information? Get your wards ready, ladies and gentlemen. Your honor, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I'd like to enter into evidence this. <laughs> Man, Hikate will wrap people out. Oh, yeah. And it's like you can not even with just like scrying in mirrors, crystal balls, anything, but it's up to the individual to go out and investigate further. You know, I I had a crazy ass dream the other day. Oh, my God. Your dream was crazy. And I was like, all right, you know. It's wild. And I told Chelsea this after because I was like, I had a weird dream. Like, here's what it was. And I'll go into it. But it was so like vague with so much information at the same time. But I was like, you know, the ancients used to get like medicinal cures overnight. And here I am with my vague ass dream with a riddle, if you will. Like, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Solve these riddles three. I would be looking at my ancestors like, are you guys actually kidding me? You couldn't just show me exactly what I needed to see. So no, dreams are vague, vague. I was out there answering the riddles from the Sphinx like I was in Oedipus. God damn. Like, I know. But, you know, it's good we're talking about it because sometimes when you get those things, it's like you can't, like my first reaction wasn't to like go and take shelter. It was like, okay. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with this? The more I like looked into it, it was weird. So I'll I'll tell everybody what it was. So it was just like black and everything, but somebody was sitting at a table and, you know, from learning everything from Chelsea with Italian folk, I was like, okay, I'm not going to sit at this table. That scared Uh, me when you said there was someone sitting at a table. I was like, well, get ready mm -mm, to get Judas. I I ain't sitting down. I'm, I'm not partaking. No, it was somebody I was approaching from the back, from behind this individual. Couldn't tell. It was just a silhouette. Couldn't make out whoever it was. And this individual peeked over the shoulder, just taking notes, couldn't read the notes, couldn't tell whose handwriting it was or anything. And I was just like, what does this mean? And it was like so much different, like energy, feeling, whatever of good things. Like I have students taking notes, like that kind of good thing, people paying attention, jotting things down. And then also people writing like their 95 thesis, like Martin Luther, and then nailing them to our front door like I was like what is going on in the house of commons right now yeah it's um it's it's hard to like interpret these things and 
you know, any form of divination, it can be really vague. And that's why, you know, if you're going to make claims with divination or say things like you really have to be proficient in it. Like, that's why I don't think I, I hate to say it. I don't think a lot of people properly know how to read because it takes a lot of practice, you know? And when you get these vague things, it's like, do you panic? Like, what do you do? You know, you kind of have to remain calm when you're receiving visions of someone getting ready to Judas you in the back. And you're just got to be like, all right, well, now I know. Oh, absolutely. You know, like you can't be like, running around like a crazy person being like, I'm scared. It's like, no, you just mm-hmm. kind of have to just take it as it comes and just know that you were warned, you know, yes. you were warned. Note that omen down in a little omen notebook and then carry on. You know, <laughs> I know. Like when I read about my ancestors receiving like omens and things like that, I'm like, I don't know what I would do if I saw an omen, you know, like that, that's kind of like an omen what I received. And it's like, how do you take that? So be careful what you wish for when you go and just try divination yeah. and you, you want to receive a vision and you're just like, you know, maybe a deity yeah. that you're worshiping is helping you. Like they don't care. They're just going to show you what they think you need to know your ancestors. Yeah. And omens are both good and bad. So yeah. good and bad compared to who, like who's, who's defining good and bad, you know? Yeah. Like I said, Hikate is just, she takes no prisoners. She said, well, you need to see it. So sorry. I don't care if your feelings are hurt. I have to show you. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go cry. I hurt my own feelings. I don't need someone else to do it. <laughs> All right. Um, um, let's. Oh, God, I, did, I did the obsidian mirror. Right. And so it's like just like a circle mirror. And it is absolutely insane. You almost like zone out, which fun fact, I asked Kevin like, hey, what does it feel like when you zone out? He does not zone out. What? He doesn't like have a disassociation moment. Or like zone out or anything. And I was like, that's really interesting. So it also could be, you know, for people who can't zone out or like your brain is just going a thousand miles an hour, you know, Kev has ADHD. So it might be why like he can't like really zone out and just kind of like hum to tum, like, you know, Chelsea and I do regularly. Yes. But it is hard to lock on. But once you do, it feels like you're in a rabbit hole. Like just sucked down everything. Like time isn't real if that makes sense it's not so much linear it is like everything all at once happening and you have to like know like what things are and everything so I 100% agree like you need to be proficient and aware of what you could see or what you could not you know if you can't lock in yeah and sometimes it's just vague so I think they're they're relatively similar because it it takes the same skill of like being able to zone into it and focus and then mm-hmm. allowing yourself to receive who, what, whoever is showing you. And yeah, there is no timeline. So it's like, is this happening now? Is this person doing this today? Is this in the future? Like it is very, I don't know. It's interesting, but I it don't, is. it's not my favorite form, but um, I do do it every so often. Like it does help me receive like visions if I want to see something. Yeah, it does. And I think like if whatever you're using as a crystal ball, crystal mirror, whatever, I think you also need to understand the properties of whichever stone you're choosing. Oh, dude, I use obsidian because any, I don't, I'm, I want protection. Thank you. I'm, I'm jumping in to go see a vision. Obsidian. See you later. <laughs> okay. It's, should oh, we move on? Should we move on to Laconomancy? Cause I've never done this one. I don't think. Laconomancy. So I think like it's how you do evil eye readings with olive oil could have evolved from this 
Okay, so explain what laconomancy is. So laconomancy is basically a form of water scrying, but it's not just water in a bowl. You can use any sort of liquid. Um, there is commentary from ancient writers where they're saying because it's being used at a necromancy site, you could use blood. And that's when the ancients are like, oh, no, 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 we cannot be doing this right now. Nay, nay. <laughs> but basically it's liquid, mainly water in a bowl. Um, and you're going to look at the liquid and interpret the images. So it would have been done by a priest or priestess on site at a necromancy area. And you could also add dirt. You could add oil to kind of fog things up. We also have to remind ourselves that when this was done in ancient times, it was likely done inside. So perhaps a cave, um, and it was going to be lit by torches. So you're seeing the shadows move the water. So you're interpreting these images and you could also drop a pebble, a coin into the water to see how the ripples are going to affect those images. Okay. So that, that I, I, then I do do that. I think that, I mean, in Italian folk practice, we wouldn't call it laconomancy, but that's what we talked about in episode 43 of how yes. I divine with oil and water. And that's one of my favorite forms for specific things. Yes. Um, it's like, you know, you have like certain forms of divination for very specific things. That one is like for evil eyes and um like more uh you know people trying to just do things you know i was watching yeah yeah like an evil eye thing yeah um, but interesting it, it, that's a very hard form of divination it is i love it i uh, do too but it is interesting that like this might be like the early root of a folk practice it can be. And like I've said in other episodes, you know, uh, people always like get up in arms when I talk about how I'm an Italian American and I'm divining with olive oil and water. And then people are like, well, in Greece, that's a Greek. That's, that's something we do in Greece. It's like Italy and Greece are next to each other. It's a Mediterranean practice. Like I wouldn't be surprised if most of us were doing divination with olive oil and water. Yeah. It's, it's big in both of our cultures, olive oil period. Um, the and entire travel, basin? you know, what? <laughs> yeah. The entire Mediterranean basin, like, I mean, that crazy necromancy find in Israel, like, we know people were probably doing the same thing there that they were in Rome, that they were in Greece. Like, it's it's not weird to me that you would find in another culture that someone also divines with olive oil and water. I do not think Italians made it up. Um, I think that it comes from the Mediterranean period, you know, people <laughs> just talking to each other, sharing how they do things, taking how someone else is doing it. Um, so that is, it is one of my favorite forms though, but I use it like for very specifics. Like, it's not like I do that one every day. Yeah. And it's interesting that it started with like at necromancy sites where somebody's trying to get in contact with somebody on the other side. So they're already kind of doing base spirit communication mm -hmm. because a lot of the ancient necromancy sites like the Acheron are on water. They're on rivers, they're on right. lakes. So it's like water is so important already to the Mediterranean peoples. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you use it? You know, everybody's got olive oil. Yeah. So mine, I do it with St. Michael. Like it, it requires me calling in um, him because in my folk practice, you know, he does remove the evil eye with specific prayers and like secret things that we say in blessings. So he's the one who's like usually around when I'm doing the um, or my ancestors. Um, so I guess you could say the dead too, depending. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're right. That could have been the start of a folk practice. And that's crazy. Right. From necromancy. Nuts. I know. I, I get this too a lot. Like people are like, I can't believe you worship saints and like the Hellenic gods at the same time. And I'm like, it's all coming from the same place. 
Yeah. It's who was there before the saints were there? Who were my ancestors worshiping? Like Greek the and Romans. Roman gods, right? Like, um, yeah. and like a lot, um, not a lot, I'm sorry, but like there are portions of Italy that were Greek colonies. So like, right. I think people also forget that, that like Greece had colonies in Italy. I know. Um, people always want to draw lines in the sand of like, oh, well you can't do both. And it's like, um, yes, you can so much interconnection and even yeah, like the, yeah egypt the uh, mesopotamian region you know the levant we're seeing just so much happening all at once so yeah of course people are talking people are doing everything so it wouldn't be surprising <laughs> if you find these things even in your own culture if you're not even part of the mediterranean mm-hmm. it wouldn't be weird you know yeah but do you do water scrying just on its own at all no it's always um water and olive oil and sometimes salt so the salt sometimes we'll use to like see where things land you know reading um salt is actually a form of divination too and i'm it's it's escaping my brain on like what its swanky name is but you can read like salt and i was like huh that's interesting i don't think i could do that no salt's like too mm, fine no yeah. Mm-mm. Um. Okay. Let's move over to smoke and fire scrying. So this was one of the first things that I mean. I still do this. Like I do a lot of candle working, so I do a lot of fire scrying, and even the way like a candle burns, you know, yes. like that is divination. Like reading your candle wax, mm-hmm. um, which we might have talked about in episode forty three. But because I'm proficient in candle magic, you know, I'm always looking. I'm not so much smoke, but I'm always looking at the flames and yes. the way my candle is melting down. Yeah, I tried the smoke scrying, which is capnomancy, and it's so hard. Like anybody can do it today with like incense, and so you don't need to like have like a massive bonfire or anything. No, no. But <laughs> how fast <laughs> smoke is moving? I almost like need to take like photos because it's moving so fast that it also like almost suggests that you kind of like go into a trance on your own to see things because it's just going so fast and there's so many outside factors that can attribute to how fast the smoke is moving. So is your air conditioning on Is a window? Right. Open? Where are you? Are you in just a blustery field on a Wednesday afternoon? Like, did I don't you know. Move? Did you move a certain way and the smoke is moving? I find it hard. Like I'm not, I'm not big into <laughs> Yeah. That one I don't love. Um, I like fire scrying better and actually the most craziest thing that happened to me, I was doing a, spell working um a ritual with saint michael like a few months ago and i actually caught a photo of an angel wing coming out of the mm-hmm. candle so like i feel like with those you have to constantly just like be taking photos of it and then you evaluate the photos later you know what i mean because i took i just had my camera on and it was like taking 100 photos per like yeah. however so often and i went back to look and i actually caught like this huge angel wing showing up in my candle and i was like <gasps> St. Michael. <laughs> oh yeah. I would recommend for people trying that, like maybe take a photo at the beginning, take a photo photos in the middle. And then like, right when it's about to like go out. So like you can see kind of like the process going on, but even fire scrying is one of the most ancient divination practices. And we know at Aphrodite's sanctuary in Palaipaphos. So Aphrodite Paphia the oracle there would do divination by looking at how the sacrifices were burning on the altar. So not only That's looking cool. at not only looking at the smoke, not only looking at the fire, but looking at how 
the food or whatever the sacrifice or the offering was, how it was burning. So that's also a form of divination under fire scrying. So I think when, when you said that to me the other day, that's actually something that I practiced and I didn't even know it had a name. So anything I offer to Hikate and if it's going in a flame or I'm, you know, I sometimes create like full-blown offering candles for her that I'll just burn over a long period of time. And I'm always watching, like even the seven day candles that we make, I'm always watching how it burns because she like, she'll give you like messages in those and like, she'll let you know if she was pleased with it or if there's something you need to look out for the way that the candle's burning, or if she has a message for you long-term. Um, I noticed with her that she does that a lot. Like she's always kind of leaving divination in my offerings. Mm -hmm. So I find that really interesting, like watching the way something's burning and mm -hmm. if it's been accepted, if it's, Oh yeah. The ancients were doing that all the time because you needed to know almost, I don't want to say instantly, but you needed to know if that was okay by the gods. If they're pleased, are you in Pietas, you know, did they accept that or is more needed? Yeah, no, that's a really good way to do it. And, you know, like I said, not everything is tarot and Oracle cards. Like sometimes mm -hmm. you just really get good at a few different forms of divination that you use for different things. Like, ah. You know, I'm not sitting here every day with tarot cards, seeing if Hikate is like appeased enough with the offerings that I'm giving her. I'm looking at her altar consistently and looking to see like, is something molding? Because A, did she catch something? B, did she not like what I've given her? You know what I mean? Or has it just been yeah. sitting there for a really long time, right? And it's yeah. time to change it out. Yeah. Um, That's no, divination in its own way. Absolutely. And I think having multiple aspects of that, um, any of the ways that Chelsea just mentioned, they're good litmus tests. So like a litmus test can tell you like almost instantly, like, Hey, something's going on. We might want to check. Hey, this is good. Keep doing the great job. Like it's a great yay or nay kind of scale to go by that. You don't need to pull for like 85,000 cards to like understand it's good. No, then you get in your own head. It's like, sometimes yeah. you just need to sit and observe. Like people are always like, well, how do you know? How do you know? Dude, take a moment, put your tarot deck down. Mm -hmm. sit at the altar that you're on and observe like what feeling do you get I talked about how one time I had given Hermes like an offering of like these because he is associated with honey like he likes honey as an offering and goat cheese and things like that and I gave him like this honey candy and he didn't like it and I sat at his altar and I really immediately knew that he didn't like the offering that I had given him so That's I replaced it with something that I normally give him and I was like okay everything's good now like I feel like everything is good. Yeah. And it could be, you know, depending on the individual practitioner, like if you're wanting to, you know, base it, let's say in a Greco-Roman practice, you might need to not use more modern things. Like Hikata might not want a piece of pizza. You might need to go out there and get garlic and get yeah. other things. Like Hermes might have said, Hey, I don't like this candy because I want a little vial of honey, or I want a little thing of, you know, travel dirt or something like that. Something yes. a little bit more formal. So that also could be an issue too. I'm going to say something controversial and I'm sorry. And I really just, am going to say it. <laughs> and I know we kind of got into more of like a Hellenic practice now, but I noticed with the Hellenic gods, they prefer things that are more, um, specific to how the ancients were doing things that we have documented. So like olive oil is standard. Like if you ever in a pinch, like olive oil is great coffee. I used to, I leave Hermes fresh coffee a lot, like fresh coffee, tea, like things like that, which might be a little bit more modern, but it's wine, 
wine. Oh, I leave Hecate wine and garlic all the time. And it's not like these like grandioso things. It's just, I'm trying to still stick to like what I know the ancients used to leave just oh, in yeah. a little bit more of a modern way. So yeah, the honey candy was a no-go and I wound up giving him like fresh coffee, fresh black coffee, which I give every, used to give every morning and that was always okay. <laughs> so anyway, just, you know, if you ever on shore, just kind of like trust yourself and like what you're feeling, you have to just sit with it for a second. You do. And I mean, there's a lot of great sources out there that also document like what would have been left, what offerings would have been done. I mean, not everybody, you know, today and back then could have afforded uh a cow sacrifice. So like, you don't need to go get a cow, <laughs> but like, you know, I think a bulb of garlic will do just fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I agree. Um, so that's how that's, I know we touched a little bit of like, how do you do divination on your altar of like, how do you know if like something's been accepted? Like even with my ancestors, you know, you kind of just know. And if something's working for you, then just keep going. Like that's, that's the whole thing. It's, it's that litmus test again. Like you almost instantaneously know. And I know we kind of mentioned this at the back end of Salem's podcast of you have to be proficient. You have to be basing it in something. So like, why would you be giving, you know, ancestors alcohol or why would you be giving ancestors marigolds or, you know, why are you doing the things that you're doing? Yeah. And if all else fails incense, like if I'm going to pinch, I keep mad boxes of incense in my house because you can always like that. Like that is a very traditional thing to do. Like you smoke incense. Everybody had that back then, or at least, you know, smoke in a sense. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay. I want to share a little anecdotal story because, um, Ted and I are going to do tea leaf readings on ourselves, but you know, we got this question a lot and I think we might've addressed it in another episode. And I feel like it kind of goes well into like this divination aspect. And it's like, how do you know you've been hexed or how do you know, like someone is taking up arms against you and like getting ready to be a Judas, right? Because, you know, we've had a ton of experience with this, um, you know, you're going to put yourself out there as a witch in the witch world. Like this is what you can expect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's not even like hexing. Like sometimes it's like the evil eye, you know, hexes are like few and far in between, but it's like, how do you know? And remember how I told you guys like, Hey, Kate had me scry in that crystal ball. And like, I saw something. Mm-hmm. So I knew what I was saying was right. And like, obviously I always go and do extra divination just to make sure, even though I knew I had received that image very clearly, I was like, you know, let me just go do a double check. So, um, you know, I usually pull cards or, you know, cause I'm a medium. I will ask one of my ancestors to come forward to talk with me and like do my own session. And I take notes, mm-hmm. but the next week, it wasn't the next week. Sorry. It was the next day I had gone to the metaphysical store and I came back and Pluto, my cat, had dragged mm-hmm. across my floor broken eggshells, which I don't even know where he got them from. Mm-hmm. And eggshells, if you don't know, spiritually in witchcraft are for protection. Yes. And he dragged them across my front door of my office where I do all my work and like where you guys see me all the time. So like this room like has like its own certain like protection and triggers because you're seeing it on camera like all the time. Yeah. Dragged it right in front of my office. And I just knew I was like, I need to do a protection working. Like my cat's telling me. Yeah. Yeah, There are of course, different like ways of figuring it out. And this goes back again to the aspect of you have to know what works for you and what are your signs, whatever 
whatever have you, or are you basing it in something, you know, again, this is not 1692 and this is not ancient Rome where you have to know what is cause and what is effect. Like, can this be proven by something normal before, you know, spiritual or paranormal? Oh yeah. And I think if Pluto had just done that before I received a vision or like received the same messages in like my two different divination sessions, I probably would have just thought he got into something and cleaned it up. But the fact that it had happened after I had already confirmed it for myself three separate times. And then it's like, my cat was also giving me the sign of like an extra. Yeah. Mom, go ahead and do like your, another protection working. Yep. And then that's when I knew, like I knew, but like when I saw Pluto with the eggshells on the floor, randomly, I was like, because I've been receiving those messages already, you know? Because it's almost like, oh, one time could be a coincidence, two times, like, uh, maybe. And then the third time you're like, oh my geez. Okay. Let's, let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like the full moon was coming up that week. And that's when I do my big protection workings usually. And it like everything had just been planned so perfectly by like the spiritual plane that I was like, okay, so I know what I need to do on the full moon. Like I'm just doing a protection working my cat, my cat's telling me. So like, that was the last sign that I needed. He's flagging you down. Like mom, mama, something happened. Well, also too, like 10 and I were going to make an episode on like animals, but I think we can kind of briefly talk about it. Um, yeah. You know, when you're in tune with your animals, you kind of, you know, I'm my cat signals a lot to me and it's not like just, you know, I was able to separate the paranormal from the normal. So like Pluto does certain things and then I know like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this, you know? Oh, absolutely. And for anybody out there who's like, well, how can animals do that? I mean, think of any um, service animal today who, of course they go through training and schooling, but they can detect aspects, low blood sugar, uh, potential seizure coming on in their owners and they alert them instantaneously. So in a sense, it's almost the same thing that you would be alerting your owner. Hey, something's happening. Or, you know, the ancients had guard dog mosaics, just like today, when somebody walks by your house, your animal is going to alert you that somebody is near the premise. Yeah. He can, um, he picks up on like spirits and he's very good on evil eye detection like for example i told ten this like a few days ago pluto was just sleeping in my office and he wouldn't even go out into the living room where all his stuff is and i was like okay maybe he just likes it in here i don't know i cleansed literally smoke cleansed out my living room and did a whole cleaning the minute i was done he went out there and went to sleep and never came back in here again and i was like so there was energetically something weird in my living room, not anything bad, just like a gathering of energy that my cat didn't want to be in. He was like, he was like, can you clean? (laughs) He literally looked at you. was like, I work hard to make this house a home. (laughs) Yeah. But like, you know, that's when I'm, you have to kind of study what's going on around you. Like look at your animals. No animals. No, they do. They do. Anyway. Okay. Shall we do our tea leaf reading? Yes. Okay. So we're not going to do a full tea leaf reading Um, on Patreon. You're going to, Ted and I are going to read each other. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe next month it's going to be a November thing and we might even pull cards and just read each other to filth. You can watch us read each other, but I, I didn't cheat, but I already like drank my tea this morning and I've just been having this like waiting. So I'm all set for my reading. I'm not sure. Um, you know, if you need to tip yours over or if you have anything in your cup that you 
yeah i got stuff in my cup um chelsea had to send me like the what the images are like correspond to because i couldn't find mine so if you want to go i'm picking just one of the signs right now yeah i'm looking i gotta get my book by the way we sell these teacups in the store um they are incredible and they actually come with this guidebook it's a guide to tea reading so if you're interested in the iconography or how to do it this is how i'm learning um it walks you through step by step Mm -hmm. um okay I'm going to read two of them, I think, because I think it'll make sense. Okie doke. Oh, this is very nice, actually. And it it kind of coincides with what I said at the beginning of this podcast. So I got the apple. apple. And this is happening presently. <laughs> literally apple, crone girl season. A desire to better oneself. And I'm going to pair it with the torch that I have over here, which illustrates dedication and progress. I love that. So, yeah, I have been, um, if you've listened to the past few podcast episodes I've been calling this like hermit girl season too because I've just been focusing on like my own studies and myself and working out more eating healthier taking care of my skin not have swamp hag skin here (laughs) listen sunscreen and water is your best friend if it's anything that you learn sunscreen and water oh god right I'm serious. Okay. So I got, I'm going to do two as well. So I have the key, um, which has a little heart on top of it, which we love, you know, skeleton keys here, um, which is the start of new projects. And Ooh. anything that is like closest to the bottom is what is closest to happening. And then the further out, the further out it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is actually the sign um, of Mercury. Um, so we do have some celestial signs at the bottom of the mug. So we have, okay. Mercury, um, of course, who is a Roman God, the equivalent of the Greek Hermes. And that is a journey is needed to be made. So I've got a new project and a journey on coming. Very interesting. I know I saw some other things in here that I'm, I'm not going to share because I am, I won't say anything until it happens. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I do see something in here that. I've been working on, but I'm not going to. I'm not telling anybody yet. <laughs> I don't even think I've told you. Uh, but all the good things, all the good things here. I can't wait to do like the whole deep in in-depth reading. I know. I feel like if I actually sit and try, I might actually change my mind on tea leaf reading. I just feel like, you know, I like instant. I want to see it in a tarot card. I like just <laughs> the card whips out and you're like, okay, seven of swords. So someone's being a piece of shit. <laughs> You know what I mean? Is it your ex? Let him go. (laughs) The tower? Okay. I know something is happening. All right. Time to pull clarifier. (laughs) Yeah. But um, anything else you want to add to our divination part two? Out of all the ones we talked about today, which one's your favorite? Ooh, I do love a good Lacanomancy. I love the ancient techniques. What about you? Mm, I would probably say Lacanomancy just because I do it most often. But like I said, I do... I do like to just kind of sit and see what comes to me. Like, you know, I know we talked about another episode, the oracles used to like tell people something and then they would have to plug their ears and they'd go outside. And the first thing they heard was mm-hmm. like a sign. And sometimes I do that. Yeah. Um, you know, not everything is all about having tools. It's just sometimes, you know, using what you have around you. And I, and I, I like to do that in my practice. Yeah. Just watching for, you know, today we would call it signs, but you know, to the ancients, it could be the auspices or, 
omens or just prodigies and stuff. But very, very interesting. Oh my gosh, I do have a funny story that involves spectral evidence. Well, oh. doesn't involve really, but I use that. Do word. tell us now that we did the Salem Witch Trials episode. Oh yeah. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and give that one a listen. Very, very good, very in-depth. And yeah, maybe it changes your mind about Salem. But um Kevin and I were watching TV last night and he goes, he says something and I'm like, where are you getting your evidence from? I'm literally sitting on my phone watching like sad cat videos and almost crying. He's like, you're looking up stuff about like the show. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not like you've said this and there's no evidence. And I was like, stop using spectral evidence. This is not. (laughs) So Kevin was just saying things and there was no evidence to back it up. Yeah, I was like, what are you what are you using? Spectral evidence? Did my ghost come and tell you in the middle of the night? Did it come oh. and hit you? <laughs> yeah, that is I know. Now I'm like, okay, well, where's the evidence in that? You know what I mean? Like with everything, oh. I'm like, where's the evidence? You say th- something about someone, where's the evidence in that? Um, you know, like I feel like celebrities get it all the time where people just say crazy shit. Cra- <sighs> like Taylor Swift, I know it's been in the news lately. Crazy oh. shit about Taylor Swift. And it's like, where are you guys getting this info? Where your source. did she tell you herself or are we just making it up because we need a new story today? Did it come to you in a dream? Because you can't use that. Like, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> no, no, it's so weird. Um, <laughs> it is a very interesting concept now that we've kind of talked about this spectral evidence and it does happen a lot today. Like you could just look at, you know, the whole online world in general and the things that people say. And it's like, what? Yeah. Like when people say 9-11 was a conspiracy, it's like, okay, you know what? <laughs> that is like some spectral evidence let's just calm down i gotta i gotta go man Yo, i got to go yeah man i don't know conspiracies are weird i did fall down the john benet ramsey wormhole this morning when i was working out that is my roman empire like you remember uh, when we asked so you know what do you think about a lot we forgot i think we talked about it in the shop in the shop and i was like you said john benet ramsey and i said yes i think about that case often because of how like highly publicized it was but yeah you can fall down rabbit holes for days on any of those things oh it's wild man the black dahlia like i said that that that's um i saw someone that had a tattoo of the black dahlia like the flower no like the actual person and i thought it was really weird and unsavory like i would assume it was an image of the individual before you know no 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 i'm sorry to the guillotine no it was absolutely weird and i was like that's a fachi pinata move why are we sensationalizing because it was sensationalized it was someone's horrific murder death someone died yes someone died so i was like (sighs) i saw it recently and i was like um (laughs) straight to jail Right to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Once again, this concept of somebody died here. <laughs> Someone has died. Someone has died. Like, we do not see people going to Gettysburg with a shovel. Like, oh I don't. God. Why are we sensationalizing death? <laughs> I don't know. It's very strange. But <laughs> anyway, those are our ending thoughts, I guess. Um, yeah, we'll sure. buckle up because the next episode, I think, is our Sawin special. So we'll, we'll be rounding out spooky season, November, December. We're going out with a bang. Um, We are coming out with an entire line in November. So I'm just letting you guys know now. Gird your loins, everybody. It is, I'm going to tell you what it is. It's ancestor, death, and chthonic focus. So mm-hmm. we have very special altar items that we've hand-selected for the chthonic 
Yes. Um, and we're coming out with some ancestor stuff. So it's going to be really cool. Yes. And because a lot of the chthonic items we had to source from outside sticks and bones, uh, we could not make it ourselves. We are not, you know, going no, to. No, it's vintage. It's vintage pieces that like. We're not blowing glass here. Um, no. So I would definitely set your alarms for that. But super excited about the ancestor stuff. My mother-in-law just got us. Um, some anniversary presents because we're not going to see them before our anniversary. And one was a super plush cocoa blanket. And every time I watch cocoa, I just absolutely sob and lose it every single time. I know. And we're doing the ancestor stuff really quickly because, um, you know, this is the time of year where we do gather with family and we are going to be counting out with like a grief oil and things like that. So for those of you that you know, need some healing in terms of grief or want to remember your ancestors and bring them with you to Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. we are going to have like a really cool, um, fall like candle for our ancestors and just to celebrate the holidays with them. So, oh, it's so nice. And we're coming up on, you know, just the time of the year, early November is really important to like me and my family. So if any of you guys, you know, celebrate ancestors during that time, this is, this is for you. <laughs> this one's for you, but um, that's it for today's episode. I'll do the outro this week. 10 stole my thunder last week. And I was like, you <laughs> Fachi pinata. I feel like we need, to, the week. we need to do like rock, paper, scissors on who gets to do the outro every week. No. I mean, why do you like to do the outro? <laughs> it's fun. If I'm on the road, if I'm on a roll, I will. Okay, go ahead. I'll put you on the spot. Go ahead and do the outro. For everybody out there, all our ghosts and ghouls, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and anywhere else that you are streaming us live. Also, if you're on YouTube, don't forget to comment what you guys want us to talk about next time. We do have a great lineup coming out for November and December. So yeah, we'll start off with a bang for season three with all of your ideas. But until the next time, stay spooky, stay curious, and yeah. Bye. Fine. She's hired for the outro. Bye. <laughs>